Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than deny myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here, so let's get excited to talk to today's guest. everybody, and welcome to episode 49 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Marie. Marie lives in Connecticut, and she works at a medical school in New York where she is the library director. Welcome, Marie. Hi, Jen. I'm so happy to be here. Well, I am so glad to be talking to you today. Marie is someone that I work with very closely because she is one of the moderators of my Facebook support groups. I know. I feel like I know you already. Well, ditto, (laughs) even though we've never (laughs) met in person yet. (laughs) We're going to do that very soon. I'm so excited. Very soon. Yeah, we're going, we're going, taking a a mod retreat to the beach. So I can't wait, can't wait to meet you face to face, give you a big hug. And actually we will have met in person before this um, interview airs, but as of today, not yet. But anyway, so good to talk to you and hear your voice and you know, 
if you're a listener, which I know you are, the first question I, I, I like to ask is what brought you to intermittent fasting? So I have a short story and a long story. I sort of want to emphasize my short story a little bit, and I have a particular sort of agenda in doing so. All right. <laughs> but really, it, it started very much like this. I walked into work one day, like I do every day, and the person I work with most closely, my administrative assistant, randomly told me that she was doing this new thing where she was only eating during certain times of the day. Because it was just at the right time that she said this, I said, I'm doing that too. I'm going to do that. That just makes perfect sense to me. And really like, bam, I I started on that day at that minute and never looked back. Wow. When was that? How long ago was that? So that, that was on, it was early February. Honestly, I don't know what that day is because I hadn't yet found Delay Don't Deny at that point. So it was 2018. That's about 18 months ago. Am I right? Doing my math that way? Around early, late January, early yep, February. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yep. So for me, immediately it made perfect sense as the way I needed to deal with the problem I was having. That's my short story. And the reason I emphasize that is, is that I'm really kind of exhausted by their, this sort of general feeling in the, the research and in the media that this is a hard thing to do, that right. people can't do it, that it's not realistic. Intermittent fasting in general? It, yeah, that intermittent fasting in general is just too hard and the compliance is a problem. Yeah. I think that is something that people say who, A, have never tried it, or B, they tried it so very briefly that they didn't give their body time to adjust, or C, they weren't fasting clean. And all three of those things would would make it be very difficult in your mind. But once you adjust, you're right. Yeah. So for me, it actually made a lot of sense immediately. And we can get on to my my longer story. So otherwise, we'll be like, okay, that's over. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for the interview. I enjoyed talking to you today. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, 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 was, I was lucky because I always drank my coffee black. Oh, that is lucky. So that was an easy adjustment for me. And I wasn't much of a breakfast eater. So I had those two things immediately where I was like, well, that just makes perfect sense for me. I can do that. Now, believe me, I was doing other things where I was probably, even though I wasn't eating breakfast, I was probably, maybe I was nibbling on something or, you know what I mean? So I wasn't, it wasn't like I was a clean faster already, but I, I definitely had a lot of uh, things that made me say, oh, I just, with just some smaller adjustments, I could, I could probably do this pretty easily. So so granted, it was an, an easier thing for me to, to adjust to. So just to step back to, to what was really going on in my life at that time is that, I'm, I mean, I could tell you my whole life story. Um, <laughs> I'm sure I'll be but, hearing a lot of that when we get together at, at the beach, right? <laughs> I wasn't someone who struggled with my weight my whole life. I was a, a thin person growing up. I only say this to say that just because you're thin growing up doesn't mean that eventually it doesn't catch up with you. So Exactly. So, <laughs> I mean, so, I was so, too. I was so skinny. I was like the scrawniest yeah. little kid. And even through high school, I remained slim. So you're yes. right. Some of us, the, the problem comes later. 
It was. I was a knobby need, lanky. Yep. I was a swimmer, so I was athletic. I had swim practice almost every day. But then, you know, like everybody else, I went to college and it was like, I didn't just have the freshman 15. I had like the freshman 25. And it was just from there. I, I, I kind of gained weight, but I, I kept it under control, I think, pretty well. I'm not even really sure. So it just was sort of a gradual. By the time I was in my 30s, I had twins. When I had my twins... I actually gained 75 pounds during that pregnancy. And I think partially it was because I was like, I can eat everything in sight. <laughs> and I love food. And that's actually a big part of my story is that, and I think it's probably a lot of intermittent fasters are like, because we have this delay, don't deny, I still eat whatever I want. Because and yeah, I, I love food. Loving food is important. I think we're supposed to love food. Yeah, I really love food. And it it really has been a big part of my life. Like I, I actually still run a secret cooking group. So it's not a secret any longer, I guess. It's a cooking group where we have like a biweekly contest where we have an ingredient and everybody plays around with that ingredient. And it's it's a game. And I started this group because I just love cooking and taking pictures of food and sharing with my friends. And it's been just a big part of my life. So that's that's still going on. Because I love to eat so much, I think gradually it caught up with me. After giving birth, I then actually was pretty good at letting the weight come off. But then I sort of started this period of going up and down, just like everybody else has struggled with, where, where I'd say, oh, I need to take this off. I did Weight Watchers uh, for a period of time and it worked, but then I gained it back. And then probably around 2011. So my, my babies were born in 2004. I think I did a pretty good job. But then again, sort of gradually put the weight back on. And I didn't even realize it because I've always had a pretty body positive attitude. Or maybe actually, I was just not really aware that I just had a self perception of myself as being a thin person. So it's so I still felt like I wasn't overweight. I remember getting a comment, actually, I would go over to the hospital and they were talking about a patient. The person had pretty much the same body profile as me. They said her height and her weight. And he said, so a little chunky, right? <laughs> and I was- <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> I, I said it out loud. I'm like, no, that's me. And he sort of looked at me sort of like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh no. <laughs> I wasn't actually perceiving myself as possibly being perceived as chunky at that time. Even thinking now about that number, I still I still am like that on my body, that's actually not. I don't think I'm fine with myself. So you know, that was more about him than me. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, I get it though. I mean, you know, but but anyway. I, I also fought with that perception of myself. I think, you know, pe you know how people look at themselves and think they're really overweight when they're not. I didn't realize how overweight I really was either. Yeah, right. I mean, I felt fine. I, so at least I had, I had a positive self-image. It wasn't like I was beating on myself about my weight. But then I went through a period, I got a divorce in, in 2012. And at that time, you know, very often people, when you get a divorce, you, you sort of go through this period of like, I'm going to be my best self now. And my friend asked me if I wanted to run a 5K with her. It was actually a fun one, like a, like a color run. I was like, oh, that sounds like fun. Sign me up. But then she started getting me into other runs and we joined this whole team. I could give a shout out to Team Braveheart, which really was sort of a life-changing thing for me. I started doing P90X. I was super fit at this point. I swam across the Hudson River at, at the Tappan Zee Bridge. I don't know if you know, but that's a 5K swim. Uh, wow, that now that's impressive because 
Swimming is hard. And it was, yeah. And it was, it was September and it was kind of cold, wow. cold and, but it actually felt great. And at that point, what I, I'm really just saying that to say at that point, I was really fit and I looked fit. I was trim. I was strong. And this was actually 2012, 2013. But then in 2014, I got the strangest illness. And I'm, I'm going to say it. It's, it's one of those kind of like intermittent fasting where people don't really talk about. Some people feel embarrassed about it. I had what's called an anal fistula, which happened totally for no reason at all. It was just like bad luck. Right. But it was the most pa- painful thing you could imagine. I cannot even imagine and, how painful that would be. Oh, and and again, this one, you don't really tell people. No. I actually didn't even know. I didn't even know which part of my body. And actually, it took the doctors a while to figure out exactly what was going on with me because I didn't have um, – usually this happens to people who have irritable bowel or Crohn's disease. Um, at first, I didn't know if it was a gynecological problem or – or, or which part of me was actually, but I had this pain. I was sitting on a heating pad for like two years. And basically I had, you know, I had, I had access to opioids. Good thing. I'm not a, an addictive personality oh, that yeah. way, but I was on six months of antibiotics, six months of a very strong antibiotic. And actually at that time, and I couldn't really move that much. So I gained at that time, like 70 pounds. Wow. From 2014 to 2000, well, basically till the time that I started intermittent fasting, because I got remarried in 2017. And I really, just like every bride, I I wanted to lose weight so I could look good in my dress. I I got a certain amount of it off. Maybe I lost like 20 of the 70 pounds and I was fine. My husband loves me anyway. God bless him. (laughs) That's great. That's the best because, you know, he he fell in love with you when you were 70 pounds heavier than... (laughs) prior and well no well that's actually not true oh, because no. we met we met before I started doing the 5k's and getting uh, well, super see, fit but even I, better he loved you through the anal fistula yeah. right <laughs> he did love that's me through the anal fistula that guy's a keeper that, <laughs> you are 100% correct about that because you can only imagine what that did to, Hi, to honey. certain parts yes. of our lives <laughs> guess what <laughs> Yeah. So that's even better. I know because at first it was like, I even remember a time I was on the beach with him. We were at the Cape and I was like, I actually said the words. I'm like, my butt hurts. (laughs) (laughs) And that was actually the very beginning of the whole thing. But yes, he loved me through that. And then he loved me through and as a matter of fact, when 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 I was when I was running and swimming and doing all of that, it actually took me away from him a lot. So, and not that that was a problem right. to him necessarily, but anyway. So we ended up getting married, and then actually, remember I lost twenty pounds. Right. Of course, right after we got married, I gained it all right back. So I was still back up at at I would say when I say seventy pounds, that was from my very lowest. And people at that time were saying that I was getting too thin, but that's not really any of their business anyway, right? Right. At that time, I'd gone from about 100 and low, you know, like the low 40s to the to about 212 was the highest weight I ever saw on the scale. But I honestly might not have looked at the scale at times when it was even worse. Right. Yeah, I, I think that's probably true <laughs> for me too. Like, I, I think there were probably t- my, the, the highest I ever saw was two ten, but I think that it may have been higher than that. Like the day I got back from the cruise, when I was, you know, at, at my rock bottom, I didn't weigh immediately, so I bet I was up there a little more. <laughs> but I didn't want to yeah. see it. So, 
And just for perspective, I'm kind of tall. So I'm, I'm, I used to say five, eight and three quarters, but actually it turns out I'm five, eight now. I'm going to be 51 next month. Oh, happy bar- early birthday. Thank you. So I'm actually, I guess I've lost a half inch or three quarters of an inch already. So anyway, I was up to at around 212, 215. And I, I finally was like, I have to do something about this. And I started in, in January of 2018, just before I found IF. I I, fa- I started a Biggest Loser Challenge on Facebook. Oh, right? yeah. We see those now every now and then people show up. And I was just doing it with my friends. And we did put a little money behind it just to, to as sort of like skin in the game. Do you know I did one of and those at my workplace one time? Did I? Did you know that did I did you, that? Yeah. I actually won. I actually remember. I won. Did, and then gained it all immediately back. <laughs> and then you gained it back. It was before IF. And like the day before we started – I like ate so much food and like gorged myself. So I would be heavier. Isn't that the stupidest thing you ever heard? Yeah. So, no, I, no, it's not. I actually called that bulking up. I bulked up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bulked up. <laughs> I weighed in. And then I like, you know, I was great at losing weight fast back in the day. And I lost weight fast. And then at the end of it, you know, after I was the winner, then I gained every bit of yeah. it back plus more. And then you gained. Yeah. Ex- so yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm familiar with those crashy things because I hate to tell you, I was, <laughs> I was the champion. So how'd that biggest loser go for you? Well, this, well, this is funny what happened actually. Everything that you're saying is entirely sort of what, what happened. Although, so I started this and I'm like, okay, so my strategy is just like everybody's strategy always is, right? We're going to eat less and exercise more. Um, so I, I started, started on doing that and that's when I walked into work that day and, and I was presented with this new strategy by my coworker and I'm like, wow, that's what I'm going to do because that's, that's, that's going to work for me. So I started talking about intermittent fasting and doing my, you know, Googling and looking at studies and research. And I'm like, this is really fascinating. And I mentioned it to in the group that I had set up. And one of my one of my losers, um, her name is Heather. She actually is the person who's who told me about your Facebook group. Awesome. And she's still in the group. And she, you know, she's like, this is the book. This is the group. And so I got your book that day. So that that was, you know, thanks to Heather. So I hope she hears this. and we actually have a lot of other mutual friends. It's actually twin moms. It's a oh, bunch of twin moms. That, yeah, there's a bunch of twin moms in your group. Um, some of them have come in either maybe via Heather or maybe because of me, because I talk about intermittent fasting on my on my Facebook wall every now and then. I try not to like overwhelm people or sound like a broken record, but I definitely want people who are looking for a way to you know, know about a way to an, an alternative, actually, and something that's working, and that, that's something that that really is so much more than just about weight loss. Right. So, so that first, it was actually we were doing. I guess it was three, twelve weeks, twelve week cycles, and the very first one, somebody came in and she was, she was, she was like a crazy person, exercising, and and she 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 won, right? She won the twelve weeks. But everyone wanted to keep on going. So what I did is I instituted a cumulative, and what we were looking at was percent of body weight right. lost. So we we did a I, I added a cumulative one, and what would happen is, and we had a first, second, and third, is that people who who won the first one kept on they kept on winning 
they kept on bouncing back up and they would win the one. But in the end, and I actually did this for over for for about a year. In the end, I won the cumulative. Oh, I love that so because much. I was do- Yay. Because I was doing because I was doing intermittent fasting and I was just consistently losing the whole time. So I never won any 12-week cycle, but I won the long game. And I think that that long game is is the thing that is really important. Uh, with intermittent fasting. And not only did I win the long game, I just feel so great, you know, and I, I just, I feel, I feel healthy and I feel, I just feel like a better person. Now, see, that is my favorite story ever now, because I love it. Being the person who, who could win in the short term, like me, I did it, as I just told you, but that is not the the overall winning strategy. And what you did, slow and steady, intermittent fasting, got you to be the big winner over the year. Yep. I mean, I cannot overemphasize the importance of that. That is key. That is huge. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was great. And in the meantime, I did, it, within that group, get bring a couple people over to intermittent fasting as well. And I have to admit, I mean, intermittent fasting has really worked for me. I I, I, I definitely see some people, I, I, I different people struggle in different ways. My loss has been definitely probably maybe on the slower side, but definitely pretty steady for at least the first 15, no, well, actually the first nine months. And then I changed things up. So, you know, what I did, I started out as a, a you know, like a 16, eight, right. The very, the very first thing that, that was what was presented to me with the 16, eight idea by my coworker. And I think she's, she's still, she's still doing 16, eight. She's only been really doing it for health reasons. And she got the information from her brother who had, uh, who suffered from cancer. He had a, he had a cancer. He, he started doing it. And then uh, she picked it up from him as it just as for the, for health reasons. So she hasn't really been, you know, it's not about weight loss for her. Uh, I needed to, I wanted, I was looking at orig- originally for sure about a way to, to lose weight and not just to win the biggest loser challenge. Although I, I find things like that kind of motivating. But you started, what, what did you transition to for after a while? You were 16, eight, Thank you for bringing me back on track. Uh, I was sixteen. I was sixteen eight, and I very quickly went from sixteen eight to eighteen six, and then I was twenty four. I actually stuck it around. I was pretty hardcore twenty two two for much of the first nine months of my um, intermittent fasting. So I was doing. OMAD. I say OMAD. Most people um, do. I'm like the, <laughs> the weirdo. Even when I write OMAD in my head, I say one meal a day. <laughs> yeah. I know. That's really, that's, that's just so funny because everybody's, everybody else has OMAD. I, I think, think so. I think uh, everyone does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, so I'm, I wasn't saying that I, I hadn't set on my, on my uh, tracker because I, I use it. I use it. I was using Vora for the year. I'm, I'm now looking at a bunch of other uh, products. But I, I was, um, I had it set at 20, my goal bar at, at 20 hours. So as long as I hit the 20, I was good. I, if I didn't, I was fine. I really, lo- I love the trackers. You know, people ask, like, why do people use trackers? For me, it was like putting on my on button right. and my off button. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> and I I'm really, like, yeah, when I used one, that was the way it was for me too. I really enjoyed yeah, that little like, tap. You know, it was like a way of just keeping me honest. And then I had the data. See, I bet you're like me. If you're a research librarian, you like to look at the data. 
I love the data. Yeah. That's why I still use I still use my scale too. And for me, again, it's data. Uh, so yeah, I love the data. I, I love actually. It's important to me that my my tracker has has data. And I actually I should actually put this out there to all the people who want to develop these things. I want data that I can like that I can export you know, and, and, and play with. And, you know, even if even better, if it really gave really meaningful data about how your, how your weight loss and your, and your other indicators mesh with your fasting. Yeah, that would be, Uh, that's good. Good insight. All right. So developers listen to that. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we could get Russ, Russ, who, um, he's the developer of, um, happy scale and Russ Shanahan, he's, he's on an episode prior to yours. So it's not been released yeah. yet, but by the time yeah, yours I'm, comes I'm, out, his I'm looking will have, forward to it. maybe he could come up with an intermittent fasting combo kind of a thing. And I'm all in favor of that because yeah. Happy Scale is totally my, that's definitely my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, a good one. Yeah. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by by Optimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for clean eating, delivering pre-portioned and prepped quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients. Green Chef sends organic, fresh produce, responsibly sourced proteins, and chef-designed recipes in every box for satisfying, nourishing, and convenient meals that fit in beautifully to my cleanish lifestyle, and the food is totally window-worthy. Tonight, we're having barbecue sweet potato tacos with cabbage and carrot slaw, black beans, corn, and cheesy tortillas, and they come with Green Chef's chimichurri sauce. So good. Go to greenchef.com slash ifstories50 and use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's greenchef.com slash ifstories50. And don't forget to use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. So I did OMAD. I did OMAD all the way all the way through until December of last year. And at one point I actually gave for, for people in the group a journey. I created a, like a video. I recorded my journey through my happy scale. 
so that they could see the way my weight kind of, it would go, I would have a lot of uh, peaks and valleys. Right. I, no, I, I didn't I, see that. I said, it was like moguls, the way it sort of was like, it would bounce up a little, bounce down a little. I was mostly still losing, but actually around the holidays or like November, December of last year, I was really feeling like I had actually plateaued and I wasn't using the term late, lightly. I just wasn't really losing any longer. And it might've been because, because like I said, originally, I, I love food. I might be eating the wrong foods. I, I'm looking at the holidays square in the face. Thanksgiving just happened. And I'm like, I, I, I might need to change things up a little bit. And so I started doing alternate day fasting at that point. And how does your alternate day fasting protocol look? Or how did it look at that point? I've always been sort of a hybrid alternate day faster. So I've been sort of mixing OMADs always with a refeed day after a longer fast, but throwing in some OMAD as well. So mostly I do a a Monday, Wednesday, Friday fast. I do refeed days on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and then Sundays an OMAD day. Yeah. I think having a hybrid approach is really a good one. When I did four, three, it was kind of like that too. I I, I had three days. My days were, my, my fast days were Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday. Oh, that's yeah. Yours are Monday, Wednesday, Friday, so, so they were different. But Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday were I mean yes were my fast days, and then Saturday would probably be a because you know I was full from the up day Friday, so then Saturday would probably be a shorter window day. I think that's a really good approach. That's pretty much exactly what I do. I've been flexible the whole time. And one of the things that I've really loved about bringing alternate day fasting in is that I was surprised to realize this, but it has actually brought a lot more flexibility to my fasting. So I can decide at any time that this day is an OMAD day and this day I have an event coming up and I want to be able to eat differently on that day. So I'll just fast, I'll I'll make this my fasting day. So I can actually move things around just to fit my schedule. So I really, I really have, it felt like I've made intermittent fasting sort of fit into my life without worrying about, well, I've got this holiday or I've got the, you know, that, that basically I just rework my schedule for that week. That's perfect. That really is the beauty of having, you know, I like to think of it as like our intermittent fasting toolbox. And we've got all these tools in there. Of course, you can mix and match them however suits your lifestyle and your changing schedule from week to week. So you don't have to think about it as, oh, I messed up. I didn't do, you know, no, it's not messed up. It's you're tweaking, you're, you're using a different tool that, that fits your schedule. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think that that idea of never telling yourself, oh, I messed up is I think that's just so defeatist. And I think that that's when people actually then say, "Okay, well, now I've messed up. It reminds me of I I had a a period when I was a a younger person when I when I smoked cigarettes. Luckily for me, I, I quit when I was still pretty young also. But I remember at the time, people talking about the idea of like junkie thinking was what came up. That that was actually the term people were using. This idea that once you fall off the wagon with smoking, for instance, that you're like, oh, well, now I've thrown it all out the window. And they and they just buy, go out and buy a pack and smoke it all. That, and you see that cycle with smokers that are trying to quit all the time that they that once they make one mistake, they think they've just messed everything up. And I think the same thing happens when people are trying to lose weight. And that's why we end up, you know, either gaining all the weight back, if you're doing a low calorie approach, you're like, oh, well, I had this, this happened, I've and now ruined it's all it. out the window. I might as well just yep. eat everything for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we we do that. We, we I've been there and felt that way. 
well, I've already eaten five cookies. I might as well eat the whole bag. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and But I've found intermittent fasting is very forgiving. It is. So for instance, this summer, this summer, I've, I've actually, I've done a lot of traveling this summer. And so I, I went to Europe and then I actually had a, a, a work conference in Denver. And just now I got off a week at the, at Cape Cod. So it's sort of like, None of these situations did I really want to deny myself. For instance, when I, I was in Rome, I'm like, I'm in Rome. I'm eating everything in sight. And as a matter, we stayed at a we stayed at a really nice hotel. We cashed in all of our our travel rewards, and the hotel had the most wonderful breakfast buffet that that I've ever experienced. And it was it was and it was Roman, so it was actually a little bit different. So I'm like, I'm eating all this food. Like if I would have done wasn't, the same thing. If it wasn't window worthy, <laughs> right. right? I'm not doing it. But this is so beautiful. I'm like, forget it. I'll take care of this when I get home. Oh, I, yeah. I'm, I've got because I've got the toolbox, right? right? I've right. got. I, I now have the tool. So I, I actually, when I was in Rome, now I have to say we walked so much, and I'm sure that's part of the story too. So I could say to everyone, don't do, don't try this at home necessarily. But I was able to walk in Rome, like one day we walked like 15 miles one day. It was kind of crazy. Uh, but we just wanted to see everything because, because of our time there was limited. You know, maybe I didn't always have a, but I was eating all day. This is the thing. It's something I just never do. And I came home and yeah, the scale was up, but it wasn't like, Oh, it was, it wasn't, it was just like, okay, back to business. And I just resumed life, which is much easier when you're home, when I'm back in my normal schedule and I was able to lose those like six pounds, I think it was, in a week. Right. Because that vacation weight is not all fat. We retain a lot of water from all the the food that, that our body is processing. And so, you know, I actually find I feel puffy. My fingers are puffy. My ankles are puffy after traveling. Yeah. Yeah. I think some of that is as well, especially I think with the cruise boats, if you, you do a lot of cruising, those puff you up, right? My trip to Denver, actually the same thing. I wanted to eat Denver food because that's that's how I travel. I actually I'm always like, what's there, what's there to eat there? <laughs> you know? Me too. And I wanted to I want to eat that food. I don't want to eat food I could have at home. Oh no, definitely not. Wanna, yeah. <laughs> definitely not. So I, I yeah, I'm like, I need to have some of that green chili sauce, like southwestern right? food, and I need to have some elk. <laughs> like whatever you eat there, I need to have it. But also there's an interesting thing that happens. This was a professional meeting. I don't know how many of those you go to. There's like breakfast and then there's snack and then there's lunch oh, and yes. then there's snack. And then there's, and, and honestly, mostly, mostly that food is not window worthy. I have been to my share of teacher conferences over the years. And the most, the last one I went to, of course, now I'm retired, but the last one I went to, um, I went with another teacher who also was an intermittent faster. So it was the state gifted conference. And she and I just watched in amazement at all the, you know, breakfast was provided, then a mid-morning coffee break, but also they, they brought out snack platters and then lunch and then an afternoon snack break with coffee and because everybody was falling asleep <laughs> by then. But she and I just watched and we didn't eat anything. We just had our black coffee and our water. And then at the end of the day, when it was all over, we went out to a, a amazing dinner. Yes, and we felt fabulous so, the whole time. So, and it's great, isn't it? Great to have a partner 
in, in that yes. in that situation. So <laughs> it I is. so I didn't. <laughs> and <laughs> and actually in in this particular case, the host ma- did bring in some really good lunches. So they were they were local. Like the there was a Native American. But they it's I forget what the actual word is. But we were calling it like Native American tacos. But they're not tacos. They 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 have a their their own identity. It had this sort of softer bread. And she did have there was like the Native game meats. So there was in this case the the elk. And I'm like, well, I have to have that because that's special. I would have too. Absolutely. So I was I was being flexible, and I came back from that. And again, I was a couple pounds up. But again, I recovered because this is. This is not permanent weight as long as I got back on my game. And then Cape Cod, same thing. There's like fried everything. But throughout most of these, definitely at Cape Cod, I was doing just like 16.8, you know, so so I was just sort of scaling back and just sort of changing. I wanted to enjoy the time with my family. I definitely can enjoy the time with my family without eating. But sometimes it's, you know, I, I, I did have one breakfast. Another breakfast, I sat with my husband and I drank my coffee and my mineral water. And we've done that so many times uh, that, that, that that's fine as well. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. It's three o'clock somewhere. Time for a My Mochi ice cream snack. My Mochi ice cream is cool, creamy scoops of premium ice cream wrapped in sweet, pillowy dough. And get this, all of My Mochi's fabulous flavors like strawberry, mango, double chocolate, and cookies and cream are only around 80 calories per piece. Talk about a guilt-free, indulgent experience. Each box of My Mochi ice cream has six perfectly portioned, gluten-free mochis that are great for grab-and-go. So feel good while curbing your afternoon cravings or the midnight munchies. Yeah, you know who you are with the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream. Find My Mochi ice cream at Target or visit MyMochi.com to locate a grocery store near you. So now I got back on the scale. I wasn't even going to. I was like, I'll wait until September, like when, because I know this is all going to go. So over the summer, where I've had all of this going on, but but have kept doing intermittent fasting at the same time, I'm still down in weight. That's awesome. And how much have you lost overall? You have you never did say. So overall, I've lost fifty pounds. I okay. I currently am lingering around one hundred and sixty pounds. All right. And so you're you're five eight. So so I'm five eight. So I'm in the like twenty-three point seven BMI. I mean not that we we know that that's not the perfect indicator, but I'm 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 well within normal. Yes. I'm I'm at a weight that I actually am dabbling in the idea of this is maintenance. I feel like I'm in like maintenance with the willingness to lose a few more pounds, but I'm more interested right now by far in my health. 
So I'm 51. So you'll years. just you'll just see over time what your body does, I'm right? I'm going to see over time what my body does. I'm going to stay active. I sort of intermittently exercise as well as fast, right? So so I I'm a walker. I walk all the time. I walk my dog several times a day. I walk with my husband. I walk at lunch, although if that person's listening that I normally walk with, we've been kind of deviant this summer. Um, but I, <laughs> Are I'm, you in New York City? No. Do you work no. in New York? Okay, I'm, okay. I'm north of New York City in Westchester County. Okay. I, 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 used to, okay. I used to live in the city. I, my ex-husband and I moved up to Westchester County uh, to raise a family year, years yeah, ago. Yeah, because I just wondered, if, you know, I know things, if you were in New York City, I know that the summer things just kind of shut down, <laughs> right? Well, nothing really shuts down. Things are just quiet. But I mean, like people, it's yeah, quiet. it quiets down. Yeah, it gets, yeah. it gets quiet. It's actually kind of nice because it gets so quiet. It's like everyone goes out to the Hamptons in this, it, right. on the weekend and you can like walk down Second Avenue. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's, yeah, it's kind of interesting. But no, 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 I live, I live up in, it, it's funny because I used to live in the city and I, I would walk to work. Uh, and I would walk to shop and I would walk everywhere. So I think definitely that's why New Yorkers tend to actually, it, it's almost a strange paradox. I used to live within rollerblading distance to Central Park. So I would- Did you rollerblade I there? I did. I used to- I used. I love it. I used to rollerblade the six mile loop around Central Park a couple times a week. I thought it was funny that once I moved to the great outdoors of the, you know, the greenery of Westchester County, well, then I was closed into like a cul-de-sac. Right. Right. And then- that, that, You're not going to rollerblade down the cul-de-sac. Yeah, I know. I would feel so silly. <laughs> <laughs> I had that thought all the time. So my rollerblades, I actually still have them, but they 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 haven't they haven't been tuned up for a long time. It's but they're sort of like they're like a hopeful they're they're a hopeful sign or something just something I haven't let go of. Uh, but I haven't rollerbladed in I guess it's been a, a full fifteen years probably since before I got pregnant, but those were good days. So no, so I'm up here and I, I moved to Connecticut, but I'm actually, I live in Connecticut, but I'm right on the, on the border. My backyard actually literally hits Westchester County as well. So I said, oh yeah. So I've just sort of done, I'm actually from Philadelphia and I've done a sort of a a slow migration, the sort of North. Anyways, the reason I could probably have lost a lot faster, I really have not given up anything in terms of what I eat. I still eat everything. I mean, I, I eat healthy because, because when I say everything, I like all the food. So I've, I've always liked, I've said it. I remember even having this conversation when I was in college that I like every single fruit, every single vegetable, as long as something is prepared nicely. I love it. Just give it to me. I don't like, there's definitely foods that I don't want. And I, I definitely do not love like you know, over-processed frozen entrees or whatever they might feed you on an airplane. During that travel, by the way, with my husband also, he's very, he's a very picky eater. We could talk about him if we want, but but he, he <laughs> he's the pickiest eater I've ever met. He never will eat airplane food. So when we travel, we're just like, no, <laughs> to the, to the, yeah, it's, it's definitely not window worthy. It's not, and people look at you like, "Are you crazy? Like you're not eating, you're, and you're and you're not taking the peanuts, and you're not taking anything." And and I'm just I'm just sort of like, "No, thank you." This and I've got my own like San, San Pellegrino bottle with me because they're cause right because they're not serving that. I've become very 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 picky, but I haven't given up anything that I that I truly love. So I eat pizza, I eat cheese steaks because I'm from Philly. I have one every time I go down there. See, and I think that's the beauty of it. You you choose high quality foods 
you're eating high quality foods that are are good for you, but you're not denying yourself of anything you really want, but you're not eating junky food just because it's there. Right. Never. Exactly. I so everything sort of, yeah, I would everything mm-hmm. sort of gets a, a, a pause. <laughs> you know? So right. so yeah, and I, I love when I make myself like a beautiful salad that's full of all kinds of good things and maybe some grilled meat on top of it and some fruits in it and whatever looks good that day, you know, because it, it definitely I think for us fasters, we get creative about how to get oh, a, yeah. a wide variety of food onto onto one plate. You know, it's, it's so do you make your own salad dressing? I'm I'm so interested in salad dressing. I often do. I make, you know, just a a regular sort of vinaigrette, but that's pretty much, I don't make, I haven't gotten sort of creative. Like for instance, the salad I was going to have yesterday, I think I told you about it, right? How I left my salad at home on my, you did, you forgot your salad on my, on my up day. I was so devastated (laughs) by that because it was like, I was supposed (laughs) to break my fast at at like 1 PM. And I was like, I was already, my day was planned out and I had made my salad and I took a picture of it. <laughs> and that salad actually has a poppy seed dressing on it, which I just love with that salad that I have. Do you make that yourself that, or do you buy that? That I buy that I have not learned how to make. And I was thinking even as I was pouring it, I'm like, what is in you that makes you so delicious? Because it just goes so well with the, um, you know, with the rest of what was going on there. The reason I ask is because salad dressing has been my struggle because I would like to find a good prepared salad dressing, but I never like any of them. Like I buy them. I'm like, this one looks good. It's going to be delicious. And then it just tastes yucky. Like I used to like all the processed, you know, craft, whatever, but now I don't know. I, yeah. I'm, so salad dressing I, is my struggle. I, I mean, I, I, do you want me to tell you the brands I use? I, I don't know if that's appropriate. Yeah, and, tell me. But I mean, I, you can tell because me. The poppy seed, we are not sponsored by the, these brands. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> Ironically, the poppy seed dressing I used to use all the time was Marie's. Okay, but yeah, I'm familiar with but that for brand. Some re- for, for some reason, Marie's doesn't make poppy seed that's sold in my area anymore, although people report sightings elsewhere. So I have switched to Brianna's. Okay, I'm familiar with that brand. Yeah, so yeah I've seen it. I, I might try it because we like poppy seed dressing. So I like Brianna's poppy seed dressing. I just got dressing. tired of throwing dressing in the trash. Like yeah. I would buy one that looked good at the store and I would be like, we're going to like this one. And then we would taste it. No, and I would throw it away. And it felt so wasteful that I just have given up. Yeah, I totally get that. And I do, like I said, I make a very simple, you know, some very simple vinaigrettes for my for myself. My, my mother-in-law always had the good seasons, like the mix that you mix with the... I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what my husband really like so I, I do eat a lot of that too because we almost always have it there and I'm, I'm you know I try to get salads into him like I said so I really haven't eliminated anything and I still actually overeat and I think that that's actually even at 22 too and that's why I had my windows so tight that whole time is I actually still I'm, I'm the person who still eats through appetite correction yeah even and see, that's important to note because you just said you eat through it and a lot of people think that appetite correction means that they always eat the perfect amount but you can have appetite correction you can hear your body say you've had enough and yet keep going yeah I just because I do that too I, sometimes. I, I, I do it more than sometimes and I yeah and sometimes I just I'm just doing it and I'm belligerent about it I mean I I've held true to my my, my, <laughs> I felt very true to my intermittent fasting, but I'm just like, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm eating, especially now. And maybe that's the danger of the ADF is that my up days are sometimes I'm just like, I'm up, <laughs> you know, and, right, and, right. and I still, I, I, and 
Not that I actually restrict my window necessarily, but I do, I do still make it a window. I just make sure that I do. And I, but I eat hearty. No one ever has to worry that I'm not refeeding. It's basically correct. I'm that same person too. And whenever, whenever I see somebody in the group who's trying ADF and they talk about the refeed day and that they're struggling to eat, that just blows my mind. They're like, I have trouble. And I'm like, what? I don't even understand that. Yeah, I I mean, I'm just being honest here. I have a hard time because I'm like, I could always (laughs) put away the food. Yeah. Same thing with, I'm not sure I'm getting enough calories. Even when you have a small window, I'm like, I could do it. (laughs) Yeah. I have no problem. Yeah. So that's why it works. That's why it works for us. You know, and I, I think, I think it can work for everybody, you know, I, but I, I think it, I think for some people they might have to have a, have a wider window to make sure that they are. I think so too. A longer window is, is, you know, because if you're trying to eat in a, in a six hour window and you can't make yourself eat two meals, then then widen it. There's nothing wrong with eight, 10, 12. You don't even have to have a window on the up days. Yeah. You know, sometimes people are like, I thought updates were unrestricted. I'm like, they really are. Yeah. You know, the research they did on alternate daily fasting, they monitored the number of calories people were eating on their up days, and it averaged about 110% of their caloric needs. So they were actually eating more food than their body required on the up days. And that was where the metabolic boost came from. So they weren't restricting or trying to eat in a short window. They just ate. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, in my own like, you know, end of one study, I can definitely say that if there were days where I ate more, there was this huge paradox of me losing more. And not that I was ever purposefully restricting, but I definitely was not seeing that that helped me lose weight. Uh, yeah. when, well, when I people ate think that if I eat less, I'm going to lose more weight because that's the whole calories paradigm that we've had ingrained in us. And, you know, it's hard, even when you know that's not quite true, it's hard to get away from it because you're like, well, if I just eat less, I'll lose weight. But our our metabolisms are very reactive to how we eat. They will slow down if we eat less and less and less over time, even with intermittent fasting. You know, you're less likely to have the slowdown than if you're having, you know, a traditional low-calorie diet because of the fasting time. But over time, they can slow. And those up days, the, the days when you are eating more, your metabolism does get a boost. You know, you read about overfeeding studies when people are overeating it forcefully, when they're making people overeat, their metabolisms go up in response to that overfeeding. Yeah, it's interesting. And so that's the power of the power of the up day. Yeah. I, you know, I know you love the research. I know. I have to tell you, I have to tell you. More. You probably love no, it more. actually, I have to say to you, uh, the world owes you a big thank you for, for actually really doing such a wonderful job uh, of translating, not just- Well, thank you. Not, yeah. I mean, I, from the bottom of my heart, because your book is so readable. You really make things understandable. And I think you're like the- a great gateway drug to intermittent fasting and maybe move. Thank you. Yeah. You know, and then maybe, <laughs> may, maybe reading, so you know, the obesity code and maybe digging into the literature yourself. I'm just waiting for the great clinical trials to come out, but you've really dug into a lot of the basic science research, which is so hard to read. Well, <laughs> so, well, you know, and I, I'm a teacher and that's, you know, that's what I do. And I have to say, sometimes I feel a little, you know, self-conscious about the fact, will anyone take me seriously? And because I'm just, I'm just a person. I'm not a, you know, a doctor, but I do have a doctorate and I do have a master's degree that's science related. You know, being able to to go through the scientific stuff and 
interpret it. You know, there are some papers I read and I'm like, yeah, I just, I don't get this one. <laughs> I move on. But, but for the most part, I can figure out what they're talking about, you know, and you just don't want to make any errors, you know, as a lay person. Yeah. So that's always my goal is to deliver it correctly. Yeah. I think in a way, what your role reminds me of is some of like a, a, a scientific journalist, like Gina Colada, who used to write for the, the New York Times, you know, who, who takes that research and makes it into something that's digestible. By, or Michael by Pollan, actual, right? Or, you know, Michael Pollan. Or, or, or so many of, you know, yeah. authors who are not the researchers themselves, but actually the researchers aren't necessarily very good writers. And so right. people can't you really read what read they've it. written. And you're like, what is this even? exactly being able to translate it? You have to have someone in the middle. And I think my role as a teacher helps me to explain it in maybe even a simpler way. Yeah. Actually going back to the, the research and sort of, you know, that, that point that I was making in the, the beginning, I think we've had this conversation before, but when we look at the research, especially the clinical trials that talk about the effectiveness of intermittent fasting that we're all really waiting for the really good ones. You know, I think mostly we're looking at studies that are out there that are too small, short, they're, they're, they're short. way too short because we're, as we were talking about the long game is, is what's so important here. So we don't know long-term effects. They're too short. They're, they're just looking at maybe one type of intermittent fasting. That's not really the type that most of us do, uh, where people are, they're not fasting clean. Or, or, they're well, having, exactly. You know, they're, or they're still eating yeah. or they're doing some sort of intermittent fasting mimicking diet, which don't even get, right. don't even get me started. Uh, <laughs> but, and, and then the, the thing that's hardest of all in studying intermittent fasting is, is that if you randomize people into fasting groups and non-fasting groups that these people aren't choosing to fast. And right. So in the real world, you've got these groups that have, uh, where, where is it? 130, 140, what, how many people are in the delay? Don't deny group. The Facebook groups. Well, that group is just like 130 something. Thou- right 130,000. Yeah. So it's yeah. so, so many. Overall, do you know, we're almost at quarter of a million combined see, membership see, overall. So these are all people quarter of a million. who are self-selecting to, right. to intermittent fast. And so, and they're, they're hoping we're hoping they're all fast and clean. They all promise they will right. when they join anyway. And we don't know. We don't, <laughs> so, we don't know the results. We, we don't know. know the results of how many people, but we see every day. So many success stories of people who are doing so amazingly and have so many of these non-scale victories that it's astounding to think of how this really can could change the world. I mean, really, when we come down to it, I think can change the health of the world. And that's what we see because, you know, I tried a lot of diets over the years, you know, my story, and not one time did my husband say, I want to do that too. And now he's doing intermittent fasting. He never needed to lose weight doing it just for the health benefits. But we hear that from people every single day. One person doesn't just do intermittent fasting, but then everyone they know suddenly starts doing it, you know, after they've had success, you know, then their mom is doing it and their brother is doing it and their coworkers are doing it. And it's spreading out like such a ripple effect that we really are changing the world. You know, that exponential growth of intermittent fasting is happening and we're seeing it in the speed that our Facebook groups are growing and it, it's not slowing down. It's like a tidal wave. And that is what is so thrilling. Yeah, I've definitely. It's def- thrilling to be a part of that. It really is. I've, I've definitely had an influence on, I don't know how many people exactly and how many have got, been successful, but I would say at least like 50. Wow. Yeah. So What a thrill. Yeah. So definitely. And definitely there's people at all 
places along the people who are being successful who come up and thank me or write me. And then there's people who are like, I'm thinking about it. Just recently, my best friend who's been all along sort of, you know, a little resistant was asking me questions about it. And it's just, I really think that, you know, I, I hope I hope that people can come along and, and figure out what works for them. Because like I said, I think it's more at this point, as you know, you say it all the time that it's a health plan with the side effect of weight loss. Side effect of weight loss. Now, can I ask you a real quick question? We're about to have to wrap it up. I wrote it down and then I never have asked you because we kept talking about other things. But on your down days, do you do full fast? I do. Or do you have a... Okay. Yeah. That's all I wanted to know. People like to know those details. Yeah. So yeah, that's the way I did a down day as well. But I just wanted to to get that out there I think since I wrote it down. I wasn't sure. One time I had a I had a, a, a filet mignon in my refrigerator I needed to eat, so I did it. And it was it did <laughs> darn that filet mignon. <laughs> I had to be and, and it was fine. <laughs> but I think in general I, I would see it as a tease. Uh, and it, yeah, I, me too. I, That's my body. It's like I said, once my floodgates are open, it, I, yep. I, I just, I just eat. So, all right. Now we, I have got to wrap this yep. up with you, but I would like to, for you to, to finish with the advice that we, we like to give. What would you tell someone just starting off with intermittent fasting and like in one minute, what would you tell well, them? Well, okay. I, I, I guess I would say for people to stop thinking that they can't do it and, and really just change their mindset to say that, that they totally can. We haven't talked about this, but the intermittent fasting as a term, I, I like to tell people to start thinking of it really as time-restricted eating, which I see, yes. I see that in the literature a lot, but, but the fasting and even telling people that you're fasting, people have a, like a response to that. But if you just change the terminology and reframe it as time-restricted eating, it just changes everything. And even though it's not the way that we were raised and people will tell you that breakfast is, is the most important, you're going to have to have a little bit, I guess, a little bit of willpower and a little bit, bit of thick skin about that. But really to sort of immerse yourself and, and learn more and read more, because I, I truly think that intermittent fasting is revolutionary and really can take care of so many things. And I'm really using it to to sort of make my my life better and my health better. And just one more thing, if you could get all of your baseline data, because I love the data, we talked about that, but get your photos, get right. photos or data, measurements or data. And if, yeah. and if you can go to the doctor and even get, get your lab results, because it's just fascinating to see what happens to your body with intermittent fasting. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Marie. And I have really enjoyed talking to you today and I will see you very soon in person. Thank you, Jen. Bye. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.